Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you today. It could even be described as trippy, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, <laughs> I know that boy. was that wasn't <laughs> I'm bad. getting into it. I had I had a I had a I went for a run this morning, so I'm all full of energy right now and I'm like ready to go. Um now we do have a couple of things to get across before we do any of that i do want to remind everybody make sure you like the like the show subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell get your little email in the morning and do all that great stuff and then there are no doctors except for that guy dr dave <laughs> different that kind of kind. <laughs> that different kind of doctor but again um anything we do say on this is our own personal uh, experience and um uh, anecdotal evidence that we have received from others now if uh, you have any questions or comments make sure you do throw them up in the comment bar we do read them all and make sure we put them up here to discuss and that is everything i got under a minute not too bad i'm getting faster I, you know a little while i'm i'm gonna wrap myself out a little while ago i stopped timing you because i just I figured you're you're on the right path you're cleaning things <laughs> up so that's all i care about <laughs> Well, when you stopped mentioning it, I was like, oh, okay, I think. Yeah, he, that's right. He, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. But uh, I've been practicing that that little diatribe right off the bat so that we can get it out of there. And if you noticed, I didn't even use the word actually. Until just now. Until now. just now. Yeah. Well, I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> I just, one of the things we've been talking about, and I got to show this, is that I have it written right here. Make sure <laughs> I do not say it because I say it a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm just working on, working my way through it. Now. We're going to talk about psychedelics here. So I'm going to hit this right off the bat. I have very little experience in psychedelics, minus the fact that I used to have fun with mushrooms when I was younger. But again, that was more of a recreational thing than any sort of medicinal or health sort of thing. So I'm going to be asking some questions, just so you guys know. And uh, let's go around the table, though, again, just like get some uh, general intros and experiences on psychedelics when we're talking about. Uh, Dave, I'm going to hit you first, though. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a doctor of physical therapy by training. Uh, that career only lasted a couple of years before I got sick of it. And I found myself working more and more with plant medicine. So my wife and I facilitate private uh, psilocybin ceremonies for folks who are looking to do their own healing. We lead groups down to Peru to work with an indigenous family down there to do ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, we coach veterans and their spouses on how to get into microdosing with psilocybin, uh, primarily for PTSD and TBI symptoms and to kind of improve their relationship dynamic. Uh, and I'm also organizing the world's first plant medicine infused jujitsu camp down here in Mexico. So I've, uh, left the PT clinic behind and just kind of gone all, uh, all in like full steam ahead on the plant medicine stuff. And, uh, it's working out pretty well so far. I like it. That'd be, uh, that's down with, uh, Seb, right? He's going to be teaching on that. So we've got two. We've got one in uh, one in August, which is for civilians, just kind of anyone who wants to come, and then one in October, which is for vets and first responders only. And Seb is the instructor for that one, but we have a different black belt for the one in, for the one in uh, August. Excuse me. Nice, that's awesome. <clears throat> Chad, give us a rundown. Yes, sir. Chad McLean, founder of Mental Joe Apparel. What we do is we essentially are taking our designs, as you see on Chance there, to kind of elicit some conversations as my special K shirt shows. And I just had a special K rebooster yesterday, and we can kind of get into that a little bit more. But really trying to use apparel with some fun designs, right? You get two stigma talk topics of mental health and psychedelics. No one wants to talk about either one of these things, right? So we want to elicit conversations and, and it's done just that. And just by being vulnerable about my my mental health journey that kind of started roughly three years, two months ago and where I've come and, and what I've put into place to, to be a better human in, in general. Um, you know, it, the vulnerability of that, it's amazing to see the, the folks that have actually reached out who we've referred to retreats or we've sent to ketamine clinics or whatnot. And you know, we've had, I guess you'd say 100% success rate as far as referring people because they've all come back with, holy cow, my narrative has now changed. I definitely see where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not operating at a 12 anymore. I can operate at an eight and a nine. I'm not, I'm not grinding metal on metal anymore. So that's kind of the, the fastness of us, but uh, I know we're going to dig deeper into this stuff. Absolutely. And uh, Rob, how about yourself? Give us a rundown. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm a little bit like you, Chance. So, um, you know, I've, I've got some experience recreationally uh, throughout my lifetime, nothing too crazy or heavy, but like I've definitely experienced, um, uh, you know, uh, 
psychedelic experiences through mushrooms. Um, and I've just sort of, you know, now that I'm on my own personal journey as a, as a sort of middle-aged adult into my own mental health sort of, um, status, I guess I'm, I'm in therapy now, et cetera, et cetera. But it, uh, I've gotten into sort of the research behind things like ketamine or psilocybin, things like that in a medical setting. And, uh, that research has just sort of fascinated me mainly because I see the parallels between the things I struggle with in my, in my head, uh, and, you know, traditional treatments of, of, of those sort of stumbling blocks and what the apparent sort of research into those two areas. And I guess into all psychedelics, not just those two things, uh, and how they affect the brain and how they can change that journey, uh, for, for people. So it's just a fascinating topic to me that I'm just sort of starting to get into. Well, awesome. Well, it'd be good for the conversation. I'm sure you'll have lots of questions like me. Absolutely. <laughs> Sean, you want to hit us up with a little bit of your experience on psychedelics? Yeah, sure. I do have some experience. But first of all, please appreciate the waterfall of energy that's waterfall. going into my <laughs> yeah. brain. Huh? Like, what do you think? I think uh, it looks like you have an idea. Like this I do. Ding. I do. <laughs> I literally set uh, this whole thing up in our hotel room so that I could have the painting going straight into my brain. Um, I do have experience with psychedelics, and uh, I would precede probably all of your experiences because I started with them over 20 years ago. Back in the day, uh, I believe the vault, vault of information, was uh, located over on something called Arrowid. Has ever, has anyone oh, yeah. ever heard of Arrowid? Back yeah. in the day. Back in the day, bro. Uh, old schooly stuff. And uh, I, I, I was looking to create a... I was, I was trying to expand my consciousness. I was trying to enlighten myself. I was trying to become better. I was trying to understand the world around me through a variety of different vectors. And I was not afraid to be adventurous or explore. I didn't need anyone to hold my hand. I'm pretty comfortable with making my own mistakes. And I realized that uh, uh, because I'm, I'm prone to push the envelope in, in new areas, uh, and be comfortable with it. I thought I'd better do some research uh, to some degree, and that's why I was over on Arrowhead. I tracked it for quite a while. I talked to a few people, and uh, I started exploring with uh, psilocybin or magic mushrooms, sometimes referred to as. And uh, I initially started with microdosing at around that uh, 0.2 grams uh, sort of scenario, uh, which maybe we'll jump into with David. Uh, I'm, I'm not prescribing anything to anyone at this moment. I'm just talking about what my experience was. And then, uh, you know, I did some hero, hero doses. Uh, that's the common term that's used as uh, some five gram loads and, uh, had some, uh, really interesting moments with that. Uh, I, I'm not going to talk about those in detail at all. I'm sure, uh, the topic will come up through uh, other, uh, other conversations here later. Um, and, also, to, to the point on Peru, the first time that I ever did ayahuasca and San Pedro cactus was quite by accident when I was uh, flying out of Italy into Peru uh, to do some international security consulting. I bumped into my wife uh, in an airport. That's a whole long uh, different story. But uh, at some point, I was uh, mountain biking with a, a, um, a local guy that I just bumped into the on the street. He didn't speak a lick of English. My mi español es malo so <laughs> i didn't do very well with him and i just looked at him and and kind of did one of these ride you ride and uh, i want to go for a mountain bike ride and uh, i set something up with him for the next day we went out for a six-hour ride we finished off at this spot and uh kind of he said well let's stay here uh, in broken english and uh got handed a drink and and there it was it was uh, san pedro and uh, ayahuasca and uh, that was a really interesting moment for me because uh, I was unprepared for what was about to happen. I didn't even know what I was drinking, which, you know, is a cautionary tale, of course. Yep. Uh, but uh, what that did do for me was uh, uh, allow me to explore in a whole different way. And uh, from that point on, over 20 years ago, I've been tracking psychedelics hard. Now, uh, bring it to uh, the, the modern day world as of yesterday. Uh, uh, this is this is specifically for David. When David first came onto the scene with uh, his idea to start pursuing these kind of um, opportunities for veterans, et cetera, and, and maybe expand the consciousness or expand the positive forward trajectory for each individual, I kind of looked at it and I thought, mm, maybe, maybe not. We'll see how this plays out. I don't really know this guy. I don't really know what his intention is. I don't know him. Uh, but my buddy Seb uh, vouched for him and I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just uh, be patient, not get involved in anything, and I'm just going to observe. 
And I've observed what I've observed, and I'm a fan of what David's doing, which I mentioned, I believe, in our last podcast, When You're On It, David. But uh, now I can really uh, confirm that because here on the drop zone yesterday, I was chatting away with a guy. He he kind of knows me through social media, but uh, he, he doesn't know the depth of my connections or networks or, or the people that I know. And uh, after speaking with a couple of hours, he, he kind of casually mentioned, not casually, but privately mentioned, uh, just him and I, uh, that he's going to go down to Peru and uh, do something with a guy and and it's going to be uh, psychedelic uh, related and et cetera. And, and he really thought that that was going to be a benefit. And I said, huh, I wonder if that's David. And he looked at me and said, you know david and i said no, i know a few guys and i said you know what that's a real good idea buddy because you're in good hands and so uh the idea being that um we're all on our own little solo journeys to uh expand our awareness to do better in life well i hope we all are anyway but it's the people you meet along the way that will help you down the journey if you know nothing about psychedelics then stay tuned to this today's podcast to learn more but if you're experienced with psychedelics Stay tuned to this podcast so that you can learn more. <laughs> That's a great, great segue into uh, my very first question. And it's going to go to uh, Dave, and then we're going to do chat, and then we'll sure. uh, start spreading the love. Um, the very first question is, how does psychedelics help? What, like, what is about psychedelics that is different from everything else? Man. Uh, it's a very broad question, but I Absolutely. think I'm good at those. <laughs> the, the, at the core of it is that psychedelics can give you back this power over the story that you tell yourself about your life and about what has happened to you. And there's, there's some interesting neuroscience that actually tries to explain basically why this happens, but without getting too deep into it, there's part of our brain called the default mode network that's basically responsible for your average everyday understanding of who you are and your place in the world for, for a lack of a better scientific way of putting it. And this system is sort of always running in the background, always telling you who you are, what you do, your place in the world, the way that the world works. And psychedelics actually do a phenomenal job of dampening that part of your brain. And so if we can come at this with intention and purpose, we can capitalize on that opportunity to sort of rewrite the story of who you are, to rewrite the story of the things that happened to you in the past, not to forget them or to twist the events that happened to you into something that isn't true, but to sort of strike the fear, strike the emotional response out of that story and sort of reclaim your own power over how you tell it. So I know that that's a bit of like a woo-woo kind of an answer, but <laughs> for a very broad question, that's the best answer that I can give in terms of how these things can be beneficial to us. I think that that lies at the core is rewriting the narrative on it. Mm -hmm. um, I saw a post recently, uh, this guy back azimuth solutions on Instagram. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, Tyler. He's good. Yeah. Tyler. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know him personally. I just follow him. And um, he made a post the other day about the introductory statements that he hears people say when they meet somebody. And having taken a handful of people now through this process, I've seen this firsthand where someone will introduce themselves and in the first breath, they tell you everything that happened to them. They tell you how they were blown up 15 years ago. They tell you everything that's gone wrong for them in the last 15 years. They tell you how they haven't slept a wink in the last 15 years. All of that immediately upon meeting them because that's their identity. That's all that they know who to be. That's all they know how to be is that <clears throat> messed up person that person that messed up things happened to called myself chance. Mm -hmm. And after going through the work with psychedelics, I've seen that change. I've seen it just be, Hey, I'm so-and-so and all that stuff is left behind. It's not rooted in who they are anymore. It doesn't define them. It's still part of their history, but they've now chosen how to define themselves. I like that. Chad, you got anything to add on to that? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it from a knuckle dragger perspective, right? Um, my, my whole thing, like I've always kind of told people is think of it this way. Like my thought process before psychedelics was very, very narrow, very one way, right? I say like, if I came up to a roadblock, I'd just give up. I'm like, well, I can't, I can't get over this wall. I can't get through it. Like, nah, forget it. I'm out, right? To where now on my psychedelic journey, when I come up to a roadblock, it's now there's a pause. Now there's okay, how do, how can I get through this wall? Well, I can get through it. I can chip away at it. I can go over this wall. I can go around the wall. I can go under the wall. I can use tools 
to help me catapult myself over the wall. So now I have a different thought pattern on, on different roadblocks that I have in my life to where before I'd hit a roadblock and I would just give up. I'm like, eh, not meant for me to be. I'm a loser. I'm just going to go back to my loser cave. Mm-hmm. So for me, from a very just easy standpoint, like it now gives me pause to look at situations and relate to situations and understand them from a different meaning without getting too really woo woo about it and 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 really kind of tackling things head on you know i said uh some that have seen me on your guys's and other podcasts and stuff like i said you know three years ago almost took my life and ketamine's what saved me ketamine had opened up my brainway to essentially look at things in life from a different perspective and now i know what i'm worth you know now i'm like i said i'm almost down 60 pounds i'm off of all ssris like you know, working out is part of my life. My diet is a different thing. You know, when I, when I come to shows like this and see all you guys on here, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm hanging out with the right group of dudes, right. That's putting their heads down, they're grinding, they're getting things done. So it levels me up as well. So from a knuckle dragger standpoint, it it literally just remaps your brain, right? It grows new neurotransmitters. I mean, we don't work on our brains enough as far as everything else, right? We, we do all the sit-ups we can, all the running, all the biking, all the jujitsu, all the golf, right? We do all that, but we don't really focus on the main thing that controls everything. And that's our brain. And I, and I think psychedelics allows us to, to open up that consciousness to, to other forms of thinking. Hmm. So <clears throat> I just have an initial thought really quickly here. Um, and then I'm going to get to Sean and Rob here, but uh, so it seems to me it's similar to uh, basically an indoctrination. So the, what I'm thinking of here and follow me on this at least is that, the person I was before I joined the military was not the person I was after I had been through all my training. And that, that was like hammered into my head as to this is who you are now versus this is who you were then. And it seems to me that psychedelics are a much less violent form of that. (laughs) Is that fair to say? (laughs) I mean, uh, things can get pretty intense. I don't mean to draw the comparison in terms of violence, but it can get challenging for sure in an ayahuasca retreat. But I think the point that you're driving at, I I think I would agree that it's a means of changing who you are. I would say, though, maybe a core difference is that instead of someone else telling you who you are and molding you, it's now handing the reins over to you and you get to choose who you want to be going forward. Mm -hmm. It sort of wipes that slate clean, actually, and it gives you a... I don't want to say it gives you a fresh start because you still have the history that you have, but a fresh way to interpret that, a fresh way to mold yourself around those experiences of the past. Mm-hmm. Chad, anything to add to that? No, I think nail on head. Like I said, it's it's going to be hard. Like I said, I just went through a ketamine session yesterday, right? And I haven't done ketamine in a year. So it was a year and a couple weeks. And when I first started ketamine, I was doing ketamine probably every two weeks, right? I mean, that's how messed up I was. Um, but now I'm on the other side where now I feel like I know where my foundation's at. Right. And so if I slip off that foundation or if I'm running at hundred miles an hour and I know I'm not taking care of myself, there's now a pause. There's not a beating myself up internally. It's a, all right, dude, you've had X, Y, Z going, you've been pounding out 20 hour days. Like you've got to reset. You know, I, I get more anxious with my boys. I respond in a different manner. And so for me, that's when I was like, it, it's really just understanding your body and being present within your body and understanding where you're at, you know? So uh, it's, it, it, each person's going to have a different experience. Like my experience yesterday was just full of love. It was just more affirmation of everything's good. You love your wife, you love your boys, you love everybody. And, you know, most people with the mental health game, like we're self-sabotagers, right? So that so that session for me was like, hey man, everything's good. Don't self-sabotage. Like yeah. you're, you're on the right path. Slow down. You know, and that's and that's what that has done for me. It's allowed me to think differently in that manner. I like it. Sean, you got any thoughts so far? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I figured. Um or where's uh I'll start with David's comment about the DF uh the default uh, mode network. And uh, I think he's right on point with that. It's it's a narrative that we tell ourselves. It's actually the lie we tell ourselves. Who we were is not who we are. And so uh, I t- yes yesterday at the drop zone, uh, I had I heard a lot of stories about who people were, and they believe that that's still who they are. And they're they're not moving forward in the in the now. They're kind of trapped in the past. And uh, just a, a funny anecdote, um, when I bumped into Seb, of course, uh, 
I said, hey, let's let's just uh, let, let's hook up here right away. And uh, and then I saw a guy and I was like, hey, what's up? And, you know, um, and he said, you got a minute? And I said, sure. And Seb said, that's the last time I'll see you. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, what? No, I'll, it'll only take a minute, man. I'll 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 just I'll just say hi. I'm, I'm sure they just want to say hi. And, and then I'll I'll meet you at your Airbnb. Well, uh, I got home at 11 o'clock last last night and uh, and it's because and and I I get it. I, I, I get it all the time. And I, I used to be that guy as well, where someone would say, uh, hi, who are you? And, and it'd be like, well, I was. And uh, that's who I was. But that's not who I am now. And the, and sometimes you've got to converse with someone for 10, 15 minutes to hear their entire history from when they got out of diapers until uh, yesterday, uh, and, and you need to, apparently you need to hear the whole story, which I don't because I, I honestly, I, I'm, it'll sound too callous, but I'll just say it in a callous way so that it really puts the point across. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't care who you were. I just care about who you are right now. That's the only focus. What is happening right now? Who are you in this moment? Because that's the only relevant thing. What you were a year ago or 20 years ago or what if you never had a dog as a kid, completely irrelevant to me. Now, I know that there's lots of psychologists like Doc C. Coach is an example. He, he can um, relay or relate patterns within childhood and the, the first sibling, the second sibling. And there's, there's lots of correlation to all of these things to observe someone's past to try to decipher who they are in this moment, why they are the way they are in this moment. But at the end of the day, I feel that none of that stuff matters because the only focus should be on the human being in this exact moment, who you are right now. And let's figure out how to make you right now better in the near future. So David, as the example, talking about the default uh, uh, mode network and, and the stories that we convince ourselves that we are. Well, what are we? Are we our body? Are we our mind? Are we our energetic soul? What are we? Well, depending on who you ask, you'll get three different answers. And then if you ask a fourth person, maybe they'll think that we're all three. And then if you ask a fifth person, they'll come up with something that you've never heard of before. And so we all have our interpretation of this experience that we're living in the present, in this now moment. And um, I find for myself, I shift around a lot. Sometimes I'm in, an intellectual. Sometimes I'm an energetic being. Sometimes I'm a physical specimen. Sometimes I do all three things well when I'm in flow mode. But I never categorize myself as anything other than just Sean. But I, I, still, who are we in the moment? It, it's, it's a really complex and puzzling question that I don't think any of us will ever solve. But the only thing that we really have to figure out how to do well is the now. Ditch the past. Be cool right now. Find a way to be positive right now. Find a way to smile and be happy right now. And the rest takes care of itself. That would be my thought on this subject. I like it. <clears throat> Rob, you got any uh, thoughts or questions so far? Uh, yeah, actually lots lots of thoughts. And I, I'm, I'm going to target something that, that Chad had said because <clears throat> it, it hit home for me. So, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll explain a little bit of where I'm starting with this journey in terms of, of researching things like ketamine and, and uh, psilocybin is <clears throat> I love that, that concept of like, you know, we as humans don't practice enough, the working out of our, of our minds, right. Our, our mental health, um, which is absolutely true in my world. And, and this is actually the, the roadblock in that concept for me, which is what's catapulted me into, into researching this side of things is that like, you know, unlike physical, physical prowess, right? Like, so like, how does one grow mass and, uh, you know, get stronger under a bar? Well, I mean, if you're talking about mass, you need uh, a caloric surplus, right? And hopefully it's good calories. And then for power and things like that, you need consistency and a, a constant, you know, sort of uh, upping of your weight over time, right? With the brain, uh, and this is my experience with it. Again, I'm not a neurologist. So if you someone please put me in in the ditch if if uh, i've gotten any of this wrong but my experience with it is this like my therapist even said it today i had a therapy session today actually and she's like man like 
your capacity for your intellect is just massive. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just a fun way of you saying I, I overthink everything. <laughs> right. And, 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 and she's absolutely correct. Like I'm extremely intellectually driven person. So if you ask me what my problems were, I can tell you every single one, I can trace everything. I can tell you where it comes from. I can tell you that I recognize it in the moment that it happens, mm -hmm. but no matter how much I put more weight on the bar or, or, or increase my caloric surplus, I can't affect some of the things in my subconscious, which are the drivers to these states of mind, which then drive my conscious mind at times. Right. And what's mm -hmm. fascinated me about the concept of psychedelics in, in the area of, of especially mental health research is the idea that it lowers all of those walls, all of those preconceived notions, all of those feelings that drive us on a day to day level. Like, again, like I'm a relatively happy dude today, but I might have some dark demon from that, that I'm worried about in my subconscious pop out of nowhere. And even though I know that I don't have to worry about it, it's going to happen anyways. Right. So the idea that we can start to remold some of the, the biological and uh, intellectual uh, or sub subconscious uh, elements of that sort of framework by which we, you know, kind of saunter through our reality or, or perceive ourselves within it, I think is absolutely fascinating. Um, if, uh, if I can jump in there for just one second, by all um, means, Rob, I, thank you for, for sharing what you did and especially about the therapy. Cause I, I've heard from a lot of people now actually, who've been in therapy for a while that it's really helpful to identify what these issues are. Like you said, you know that you overthink, you know, like you can name every single problem that you have. But then the question remains of like, what do I do about it? How do I actually start solving these things? And not that therapy is incapable of getting people to that point, but to use your weightlifting analogy, like we need progressive overload here, right? So if you are just getting up to the same point again and again and never going past it, that's why you're hitting this plateau. Same thing happens on bench press. If you never move past that number, you hit the plateau and you need to change things up. So I think just like you said, how psychedelics offer this opportunity to break down all of these walls and walk a little bit further than your therapist can, can, can take you. I think you're exactly on the right track in that line of thinking. And it's not the first time that I've heard this kind of thing that essentially talk therapy can only take you so far. And then we need something to create a new sort of experience for your brain to process uh, an experience where, you know, you can look at all of these problems that you have and no longer just recognize them and see them and still butt up against it, but where you can actually move past them and feel differently about yourself, identify differently with yourself and your problems. And uh, yes, yeah, psychedelics offer that new experience, that new opportunity to move past where talk therapy kind of leads you up to, but can't go any further. Like that, Chad. You got some thoughts? Yeah, I mean, same thing. Kind of what David was saying there. I mean, that was so key. I mean, same thing. Right? I was twenty years of, you know, rotating therapists and rotating antidepressants and drugs, right, for years and years. But the the one thing that remapped and reopened those neurotransmitters was psychedelics, right? The talk therapy is great. Like, I think there's some tools that people can steal from them, but at the same time, like, if you don't have the right mindset, like you can have all the tools in the world, but if you're not changing your mindset, like you're never going to know when to use those tools. You know, like I always heard people, Hey, live in the now, live in the present. And I'm like, how, you know, my mind was going at such a rapid rate. I'm like, how do you live in the present? I don't even know what you're talking about. Or, Hey, if you feel yourself getting angst, you know, slow down, take some deep, solid breaths, right. To re, you know, reset your, your mind and body. I'm like, take a deep breath. Like that's going to help. Well, now that I've done psychedelics, I realize that when I'm angst, I can step away. I can go for a walk. I can sit there and say, hey, man, let's take five solid deep breaths. Let's do some box breathing. And I can feel that angst in my body come down. So that's, I mean, that's for me, like the psychedelics is like, like David said, and Rob, it's literally brought down those barriers and those walls to rethink certain situations. Because um, prior, like, like I said, I'm like, you want me to take a breath? That's going to slow me down? Kick rocks. Like, I don't think and so. Chad, Chad, it sounds like the ketamine experience, it, it offered you like a lived experience in the present moment of just breathing or of feeling this love for everybody. Yeah. Where prior to that, if someone had just explained it to you in words, you're like, this makes no sense. This is ridiculous. We're all love. Like, get out of here. That's some hippie nonsense. Take yeah. a deep breath. Like, how am I supposed to do that when I feel this way? Yeah. So I think the psychedelics, they give you this experience that is undeniable. And it's the experience that everyone talks about trying to get to that state. And so once you have experienced it, though, you know that it's possible. 
And then it's a question of, all right, how can I get back there on my own? How can I get back there without taking ketamine, without taking mm -hmm. psilocybin? How can I get there through meditation, breath work, et cetera? But to someone who's never experienced it, just telling them those words is, is, is worthless. Sean, like you were saying, you, you don't care about someone's past. You care about who they are now. Well, for someone who's never been in the present moment since they got blown up or since they were in some sort of accident, they've spent the last 15 years not being in the present moment. They can't just do that. So I, I kind of laugh when you're like, I don't care about your past because <laughs> as, as a facilitator, I have to employ some tactical empathy to sort of listen and build rapport and get to that point where I can win someone around to my point of view. But I think that that's really the magic of psychedelics is it gives you this undeniable experience of being in the present, of feeling this love for everyone else, and most importantly for yourself. And then the real work starts after that of, all right, how do I get back to that place on my own? How can I learn to live in that place a little bit more every day? Seems like uh, the, the proof of concept, right? You can tell someone all you yeah, want, but if yeah. you can actually show it to them, this is what it's like. Oh, 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 this is what it's like. Okay. Totally. Uh, any other thought? I got a bunch of comments and a couple questions here. Any other thoughts, I Sean? I do. Yeah. It, uh, it, it has been mentioned, and uh, it's worth repeating, I think, that um, at least I'm basing this on the veterans that I've spoken with over the last 48 hours, which simply puts sharpens the point that I've been hearing for quite some time now. And, and usually it's uh, the individual is quite angry about... Uh, Sometimes it's something, sometimes it's all things. Usually they're pointing the, the finger at anything other than themselves. Uh, it's the government's fault, it's my car's fault, it's the neighbor's dog's fault, it's, it's the sun and moon's fault, it's the air I breathe's fault, it's everyone's fault except my fault. Yep. And um, man, it's, it's easy to fall into that tight pipeline of anger uh, if that's all you're used to. Uh, and if you're just not used to working inside or looking inside at yourself and really realizing that sometimes it's all just an illusion. Uh, it's, it's just us trying to figure out how to expand our consciousness to be a better human being and, and do it in line with others who are also trying to be better human beings. You can, again, I've used the crude uh, analogy of you can be Darth Vader or you can be Obi-Wan Kenobi. And if, if you just choose right, you can live a good life, but it's a life of pursuit. It isn't a life that shows up on a silver pad, uh, platter. You have to actively engage in expanding the good side of the force for yourself and for others, which means, unfortunately, if you're a really angry person, if you're an angry vet, or if you're angry at the world around you, you have to get to work pursuing betterment, pursuing goodness, being an agent of good, as it were. And that is work, man. And, and when you're used to not working on getting better at being better, the work feels like, what are you even talking about? I don't understand any of this. And I think one of the great things about psychedelics is it can act as a great reset. It can, it can take a person who is used to their default network mode and open their pathway, open their mind, open their consciousness to enough of a degree where the person will perhaps see a little clearer beyond their tight construct boundaries and perhaps engage in something a little more positive that they've never been able to do up until then. Sometimes it's just you need a glimmer of hope that is presented by the psychedelic that you can then see there's hope. And yeah. if I just keep moving yeah. towards the light, the light will start expanding. But you've got to have faith. You, you have to have faith in yourself. You have to have faith in the process. You have to believe that you're getting better. And it's that self-belief that you're pursuing the right path, the positive forward trajectory that will start reinforcing itself. But it doesn't do it by itself. So if you're out there wondering, well, what's the next step? You can do what I did and, and, and be an adventurer all by yourself and make all the mistakes and get some uh, uh, bumps and bruises along the way. Or you can find yourself someone who can guide you along the way. I'm not a guide in this uh, aspect. I'm, I can't guide anyone through psychedelics because it wasn't my primary focus. 
it was just simply a subunit of the world around me that I was trying to understand a little bit better and use as a, as a minor tool, if it, if you will. But someone like David, who is actively guiding people now, and I'm, I'm not going to say just go find a guide uh, in the yellow pages. I'm going to say go find a guide who has some evidentiary results, who has created some outcomes, who can uh, speak to you uh, through the lens of experienced wisdom. Because as a guide, you've got to make mistakes. You've got to make mistakes within yourself to learn those lessons. Then you've got to work with others and make some minor mistakes while still getting them to the finish line of the start line. You've got to You've got to figure out how to work with people, and it takes time. So don't hit the yellow pages. Look up psychedelic guide, and then choose the first one at the top <laughs> of the at the page. You ask around if you're looking for help. Well, and it's you know just to go off that real quick with what Sean was talking about. It's kind of like we're an apparel company, right? T-shirts, hats, hoodies, all that jazz. But when people come to our site, that's why we have a resource page, right? That's why we have a retreat and foundations page. Cause I was the same thing. Like, where am I going to go find this information? Who are these people who are trusted resources, who are trusted retreats, right? So it's, it's one thing that like I said we try to do on our website is, is to put some education out there of people that we trust. So people can get educated on, on this information by themselves, you know, through through trusted uh, sources absolutely <clears throat> dave do you have something to add on that or no just uh thanks for the vote of confidence sean and chad thanks for uh having me be one of the retreats up on your website man absolutely man uh rob you got any thoughts so far um no i'll hold them for now man that those okay. were great comments i'll just you know i we'll just add to it later Raj. Okay, I got uh some comments here i just wanted to hit on and some solid questions so we may run out of time for them but Let's uh, hit them up first off. So Satch, good morning. Good to see you. Talking horses, Jason. Always good to see you as well. Uh, Doxy kicks in with, it's it's interesting because psychedelics help decouple the traumatic memories from a physiological response. Good physiological response. <laughs> and it allows the client to process it in a safe way. I'm discussing individuals, PTSD. Yeah. Are you guys, any thoughts on that right off the bat? Yeah, maybe this is where I'll jump in because it fits right go. in line with the stuff I would have added anyway, so. Sweet Dr. C. Thanks for prompting me, buddy. Um, no, this is the part that fascinates me. Okay. So um, I guess I'm going to use a, a quote that I, I, I keep very close in my head. It's, it's by a guy named Mark Hennick. And he did a TEDx talk like almost 10 years ago now uh, in Toronto on suicide. So he, he had survived suicide and he had some thoughts about things. And he was talking about things like perceptual limits uh, and whatnot for the, for, for the human being. Um, and it's something I deeply believe in, uh, just from my own experience, like, you know, my problems were built when I was a kid. So it's a place where I don't fully understand and wasn't fully participate, uh, participatory in terms of, a, an adult fully understanding human brain. Right. Um, and he talks about uh, this concept of like, you know, Hey, if I'd known then what I know now, would it have changed anything? Uh, and it's a rhetorical question because he answers it in kind and he says it probably wouldn't change much because sometimes how you feel just completely takes over. And he talks about this concept of our, our own, per, our own perceptual limits, right? So things that are guided by, you know, the society we come from, the environment we're born in, the things that we read, ingest, all these sort of things develop this bubble around us of what we understand our reality is, right? Uh, and we see this in, in moderate terms and we see this in more extreme applications across the world, across varying topics, right? But I apply it to how I think about my journey as an intellectual being, and that is, I don't know what I don't know at times, and that can shrink and expand at any one moment in time based on the physiology that's going on with inside my body, right? So again, I can do amazing self-improvement work one day and wake up feeling like I'm a completely different person the next. I'm not saying that that's actually what happens day to day, but just <laughs> illustrating what can happen because those conscious thoughts of mine, I find are driven mostly by things I, I don't necessarily even have a conscious grasp over nor have a conscious understanding of. And, you know, to, to Dr. C's point, this is what kind of intrigues me, that there, there might be this um, class of drug medication, blah, 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 it's all drugs in the end, um, that might skirt under my intellectual defenses, which keep me uh, 
co-aligned with these things that I don't necessarily even remember anymore because it's all a blackout mm. period that are actually driving my day-to-day -day conscious experience today. No matter how much I think of like, oh, I'm on the right track. Well, guess what? Tomorrow's a new day and it, my brain might say, no, you're not. You're right back at square one, right? Mm. So that decoupling is the, the fascinating portion for me. I like that. Chad or David, you got any thoughts? Um, Anybody? Real briefly on, on this one, I know a lot of the research is going on using MDMA combined with talk therapy, actually. Um, mm -hmm. We know that MDMA plays a big role in the processing of like emotional memories in the amygdala. And that mm -hmm. plays a huge role in TB, or, uh, I'm sorry, PTSD and sort of the trauma associated with those memories. It's not really my line of work. Um, <laughs> to me, ecstasy is sort of play and mushrooms are work. Uh, but I know that there's a lot of promising research there, so I'm not an expert, but that's, I think, uh, definitely an interesting field of study for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. MDMA was actually started being studied back in the seventies for couples therapy, believe it or not. It was, yeah. it was at, and it was having some really good, uh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was having some really good found as far as, you know, reconnecting. Just lock I mean, the door. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I mean, wide open with it. I mean, me, me and my wife, we, we did an MDMA session probably three or four months ago. And what I didn't realize is the trauma that I caused her, right? Mm -hmm. With standing nose to nose, essentially with the gun to my head. I didn't realize what what I did to her, right? And we talk about the fight, flight, or freeze response, right? Well, she froze and she froze for three years, right? Because she was in the back mm -hmm. of her mind. She was waiting for me to blow up again, right? She was waiting for me to have another pitfall. And so the MDMA, what it did for us is it literally lowered the barriers to have very tough conversations. And for me in that moment of time, I, I saw her, right? I saw my wife. I understood what I did. I owned it. And I was like, damn, you know, for me, it was like, I took your safe, your safe space away. I did that. So now it's on me to rebuild that connection. It's on me to let her know that I am that safe space that she she wanted. And then that old dude that was there three years ago is no longer here. And so that's what MDMA did for us. Um, it was one of the easiest psychedelics to navigate personally. Like it was super yeah. smooth. Like it wasn't like woo woo, crazy blue hair dancing in the forest. Like it was, <laughs> it was chill, man. It was, it was good. Um, so that was the experience for, for MDMA literally, you know, for the decoupling stuff, it, it, it brought down those walls so we could have those conversations and connect and find out where we were butting heads and saying, okay, enough, like wh where are we both wrong and where can we own the ownership of this to move forward? It's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, uh, I think maybe my wife and I might need to do that. It'd be, uh, probably helpful. <laughs> Sean, you got any thoughts before I move on? Yeah, I think that uh, this would be a good point perhaps for us to not diverge, but just to address something that really hasn't come up yet. Just a little bit it's come up, but not in to the degree that I would like it to come up. And that's uh, the distinction between the various psychedelics and the actual heavy lifting that you can engage in or the party drug that it can be to some degree. And so... You know, uh, using MDMA as an example, you can go out there and uh, hit the dance floor and sweat all night long and swing glow sticks around and have you good times. And that's good. <laughs> that's not heavy work, man, unless you're dancing really hard. Uh, but the difference is the, the as you move up the food chain, as it were, in the psychedelic world, you can get to some stuff where you're doing Olympic barbell lifts. You know what I mean? And so the the idea being that you, again, have to engage with someone who understands the battle space in front of you of psychedelics and can point you in the right direction for the thing that you need that you're trying to work on at that time. So my experience with uh, uh, psilocybin and uh, San Pedro and Ayahuasca um, is it's, it's no joke, man. I mean, these kind of things aren't something that you step into lightly. And if you are stepping into them lightly, well, um, I, I would encourage you to pause for a moment and either engage in further research or start asking around uh, with people who have wise experience in the area and can help you shape your path forward into the heavy lift psychedelics. Uh, if you're doing big uh, psilocybin loads, heroic loads, as it were, that is something that you shouldn't just step into with your eyes closed. You really have to open your eyes before you engage in that stuff because your eyes 
will be opened in the moment. You will experience things that perhaps you've never experienced before. And uh, in some cases, it can be a real breakthrough. And in some cases, it can be breaking. And it's those moments where it is breaking that you need support. And so I'll just say this, and then I'm going to hand it over to David because I know he'll be able to speak to it a lot better than I. If you want to really change your way, if you want to live in the now, if you want to get rid of the past and allow the future to unfold in front of you, you will need help in psychedelics and guidance in the moment. You can't do these kind of things properly, in my opinion, across an email or two with three-step process and then finally a good luck. It requires more than that. So I'm going to hand it off to David. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, Sean, I think the, the real point you were driving at uh, as it pertained to um, maybe the, the hierarchy of these drugs, if you will, and the way that you approach them, the real point behind that, I think, is the intention that you come to these things with. So yes, you can have the intention of, I'm just going to go have a fun time. And I've definitely done my fair share of that. You can also have the intention of, I am taking this medicine with a purpose. And that purpose is to help me heal my trauma, uncover a deeper sense of self-worth and self-love, and become a better man for my family. And you're going to have two profoundly different experiences because of that. And as it pertains to the work that I do guiding people, that's really the crux of it, is helping people to uh, get clarity on what their intentions are, helping people to understand the difference between an intention that you're bringing to this experience versus an expectation that you have of it and learning how to sort of roll with the punches that the experience is giving you. But it's really all about cultivating the right mindset to go into these things, having the tools to sort of handle these experiences as they are thrown at you so you're not freaking out. And then again, importantly, making sense of your experience afterwards, integrating these lessons into your life and wondering, how am I going to take these lessons with me as I move forward? How am I going to be a new, a different person? How am I going to make sure I don't just fall into those same patterns that I came to this medicine to try to change? And it's funny what you said, Sean, that this, this shouldn't be a few emails back and forth because this, this work that I'm doing now. I never set out to be a psychedelic guide in the sense that I am now. It actually started with just that, some people coming to us and asking questions, and we would give some advice and send them on their way. And then we realized that that's not serving people because they would come back with more questions and more questions. And so we started creating an actual program around this because we knew that the work that we were doing wasn't serving these people well enough by just giving some advice and sending them on their way. And that's why for, for microdosing specifically now, we have this entire three-month protocol essentially that we put people through. That's a process of introspection, a process of cleaning up your habits and routines before we even touch the medicine to say, all right, are you checking all of the boxes? Are you, are you addressing the low-hanging fruit of like diet, sleep, nutrition, meditation before we even worry about the medicine? Once we've got those boxes checked, now how do we come to the medicine with intention and purpose and ceremony and reverence? And then as we move through that process, how do we integrate these lessons that the medicine has shown me so that I am not the same person that I was when I started this journey? So again, Sean, to your point, there are, there are, are, there are sort of levels to, to the guidance of this. And I don't mean to sound like a gatekeeper to these things. I don't mean to say that you can't approach this without a guide, but just like you can watch an instructional video and try some jujitsu moves on your buddy, or you can go to a gym with an actual instructor and get actual instruction. I think it's a pretty similar thing. And I think we all know which one is going to get you better results faster. Absolutely. If I may, I'd just like to add one more piece to that uh, to Hit build it, up what please. David just said. I feel the real trick to this is just being stated by David. Before you do anything, you've got to get on a path. And that path requires some work. And for veterans, as an example, Nutrition, sleep, hydration, cleaning up your act, getting intentional, being mindful, journaling, meditation, all of these things, that's work. Psychedelics are work. But before you start the psychedelics, you've got to get to work before you do the work. And that is the devil in the details. If you aren't ready to sweat, if you aren't ready to work, this won't work for you. And so how do you make it work for you? 
I really feel the 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 secret sauce is this. You got to know why you're doing it. You got to really want it for yourself. Why are you here? How are you going to get better? And what velocity and intention are you going to apply against that in order to achieve what you set out for yourself, which is to dot, 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 become a better human being. It just doesn't arrive on a silver platter. And so the, where it will all fall apart is when it starts get starts getting difficult. And if you're trying to do it by yourself and it just got difficult and you quit, well, it didn't need to be that way. If someone can walk the path next to you and recalibrate you from time to time, can give you a shoulder to lean on, can prop you up when you're wobbling a little bit on the path, it is so critical that you engage in a mentor or guide or a helping hand to move a little further down that path until you are ready to engage in psychedelics. So anyone who thinks that it's a big green button on the wall that you just hit and bam, it's done, it is not. If you really want to move your needle, just like Rob said, if you want to get bigger, there's a process. You have to work. It is intentional. It is a building process until you're finally ready to put actual plates on the bar. And David would be the guy who's going to be, uh, he's, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger right now, uh, standing over you, uh, spotting you on the bench press to some degree, if we're going to use the, uh, the weights analogy. Uh, and I'm being a, a little glib with that, but uh, it's not too far from the mark that you really need help in this process. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think it goes for really any type of cognitive changes, really. I mean, if you're going to be re-engaging re yourself, uh, it's always better to have a hand. <laughs> I mean, this is what we do on the collective every day, right? And we, the, the whole reason I got into podcasting was specifically to be able to share other people's tools with other people. And that's one of the reasons why I love this collective, especially this uh, whole concept of talking about psychedelics because a it doesn't get talked about enough but b it is it still goes back to the work the intentionality of you wanting you have to want to change at the bare minimum um now we have a, a i got a slew of comments here that i'm going to hit uh does yeah, anybody else have any okay. uh stop me if there's something you guys want to hit on because there's a bunch here we go uh talking to horses uh oh sorry correction doc c isn't who you are contingent upon context? For instance, who I am with my parents compared to my siblings compared to my students. I think that's, I think it, uh, it is contingent upon context, but who you are with yourself still bleeds into everything else, I would imagine. Any thoughts before I carry on? Good. Okay. Talking to horses. Has this panel ever experienced the 50,000 foot view of life while experiencing a journey? Almost like psychedelics can show one the importance of the entirety of your life by looking at it all. Chad, you're nodding your head hard. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, like I had it yesterday, you know, during my ketamine session. It's just, again, it was just a confirmation from that 50 foot, you know, 50,000 foot view of like, hey, dude, everything is good. Like you're on the right path. You are taking the right steps. Like you're noticing when you're triggered. You're noticing when you need a reset. You're noticing when you've lost your foundation. Right. And I'm very open about that. I mean, like I said, when I was moving at a clip, you know, just moving, 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 stopped working out, didn't eat right. And then I literally had to pause and say, okay, we, we need to refine the foundation. So seeing that yesterday and just a, a confirmation of like, yeah, things are good. We're going in the right direction. I, I, I see that just about any time I've, I've done medicine. Awesome. Dave, you got any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I've, I wouldn't say I've ever, had that 50,000 foot view of sort of looking down on my life. But just like Chad said, I've, I've gotten this message, this deep understanding that everything is falling into place perfectly. Uh, this is something ayahuasca really taught me is that at any moment, everything in the entire universe is unfolding exactly, precisely, perfectly as it is meant to. And that includes every single twist and turn in your life. Uh, Rob, you, you mentioned um, maybe like overthinking and difficulty making decisions maybe because you overthink. That used to be me to a T, man. I, I didn't know how human beings made any decision about their future. And ayahuasca basically told me like, bro, it is okay. Every decision you've made so far has actually been the perfect right one to get you to right where you are now. 
So don't stress it. Whatever decision you do make in the future, that's going to be the perfect one. Because if you were meant to make a different decision, you would have. And I know we, tr we leave uh, religion out of this, but I've, I've met Krishna during an ayahuasca experience. I have been assured that I'm on the right path. And uh, I, I have a deep knowledge of that at every moment that I'm alive. So that's awesome. Um, I'd, I'd like to add uh, uh, something to this as well in respect to the 50,000 foot view. Um, I, I, I've seen it from a universal view. Uh, it, it all depends on your experience. You know, I, I've had a few experiences and, and I've seen myself from 10 feet above. I've seen the world from 50,000 feet above. But I've sat right at the center of the universe, connected to this unbelievable universe, universal light of goodness, of this energy of amazing love, if you want to call it. Like I've been right in the middle of it, not just even being part of it, but being it and seeing the universe around me and, and experiencing how amazing life can be. And to David's point, the moment that we're all in right now is precisely where we're supposed to be based on the choices that we've made. And the, the future choices that we make are up to us. We shape our, our universe is shaped by us, not by the universe. We, we own this whole thing individually and how we play with this universal power that we have is up to us. And if you want to use it well, you have to use it for good shape the world around you in a good way so that you and everyone around you, whether we're energetic beings or whether we're human beings or whatever we are, if you want to have a fun video game, play a fun video game. I like that. Rob, you got any thoughts before I jump on? <clears throat> no, I'll just, all the, everything that's been said is fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, I can only speak to it from, from hero, hero dose level. Right. And, and I can tell you without, any contradiction uh ever I'll, I'll always tell this story is that all any of my trips so you know done a little bit of mdma um did done a little bit of uh of uh mushrooms psilocybin and my use of those was never to go out and party hard it was generally with one or two friends it was just a safe place it was a comfortable place to explore things right and the one unifying thing throughout all of those is that my experiences with those it's like everything fell into place in those moments it's this place where I can tell you from my conscious life to that life in, in those moments, like night and day difference between how I viewed each and everything that I experienced or would experience or my brain was overactive and was thinking about all the possibilities that probably won't be in the future. <laughs> everything made sense. It was you guys use the word love and all that. And that, that's what I'll, I'll hinge on, it, you know, tough guy. Uh sort of uh exteriors aside like love man like that's literally i felt so in place right now to harp on something you guys touched on a little bit earlier and i, I just didn't touch it right like that intention okay like i'm lucky like i'm a pretty in intentioned guy i was going into all those um all those scenarios uh with nothing but like optimism <laughs> essentially even though it was just for recreation um but it's, it's, you know, that question of without that intention, I've also seen people on horrific trips. Okay. So like, let's talk you know, we're, with this whole panel, we're talking about the, the possible benefits to mental health and all this sort of stuff, the use of psychedelics, man, as much as like it can propel you to a 50 foot, sorry, we keep saying, I followed you, Chad, and said 50 foot on that 50,000 <laughs> foot view. It can, it can also put you in a hundred thousand foot hole, right? If you are not in the right mind state. And I've seen that, right? Like this is not willy nilly like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna do mushrooms and I'm no longer a depressed person. Uh, quite the contrary. You might actually just turn into a not person after that, right? Like it, it's yep. something we have to do with intention. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. So we're uh, we're running short on time. I'm not going to be able to get to all of these questions and statements, <laughs> but uh, I do want to hit some some uh, final thoughts, and then you know what we'll do? We'll reset this and have a, a second psychedelics part two, and possibly a part three or part four because this is a big subject. There are some great yeah. questions that I'm going to save um, because it needs to be developed. So, Doxy, uh, Tanya, sorry, uh, Chance, can you? Uh... Just take a, a speedy 90 seconds or two minutes, and can you just read out each question? Bang, bang, bang. We're, we're not going to touch the questions. Just read them out as food for thought for viewers in the future, please. Roger. Here we go. Um, so, Doxy says, uh, 
Sean is discussing cognitive behavioral therapy, which tends to focus more on the present sense. And mind you, there are 350 psychological theories in understanding people. Tanya, always good to see you. She says, I feel like psychedelics can be a hard reset or we can use that breaking down of walls to be guided plus thrown into the depths uh, and think of them in a new way, a progression. Um, there we go. Sorry, I'm just working my way down here. Tanya says, uh, talking to horses, Tanya, like, did you turn it off and then turn it on again? Like, it helps to realign <laughs> certain subroutines into a better, less chaotic form. Tanya says, or asks, would therapy be a suitable protocol for after a guided psychedelic experience? We can go to the jungle and have an experience, but return to Western life afterwards. Uh, Tanya then replies, uh, no, there goes my camera for some reason. Talking to horses, yes, sort of. Depression, anxiety can cause minds to keep circling around certain thoughts. Pattern interrupter may be useful. Uh, Doc C. Chris, they typically teach a course called counseling therapies, uh, counseling theories, but they only cover six to 10 theories. Some examples are family, individual, more specifically CBT, Jungian, etc. cetera. Uh, Doc C asks, do you think who you are is also influenced by your age? I find priorities have changed as they hit late 40s, 50s, and he carries on ketamine and psilocybin are doing very well in trials. Tanya, to add, I think therapy is fantastic for pattern recognition before and after. They bring unseen issues to the forefront and hold you accountable to new standard after a psych experience, psychedelic experience. Doc C asks, anyone done Ibogaine? I've met many going to shamans. And uh, David's concept reminds me of what Aldous Huxley, Carlos Castaneda believed mm -hmm. to, all, maybe also Baba Ram Das. Nice. I hope I'm pronouncing those correctly. <laughs> and, Three uh, legit names. Yep. And then he goes, he's right, especially if you have an, a history of psychosis in families. Yeah. There you go. So lots of thoughts, lots of questions. There's a, it's awesome. I'm going to save these for later and we will hit this on another, uh, another show. So let's hit some final thoughts real quick and then we'll set up a, uh, a time for next time. So I'm going to hit uh, chat right off the bat. What are your final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts. I think lots of good points here. You know, we you're going to hear in this ecosystem over and over set and setting. You know, you're going to hear that over and over. And integration is going to follow that. Integration is, you know, essentially your therapy. And definitely agree with the one comment of, you know, you go to Peru or Mexico to go do these, but then you come back to Western civilization and it's blah in your face again, right? So how do you reset? How do you take those lessons? How do you continue to move those forward? Um, so yeah, no real big final thoughts. I got a bunch of different stuff I could I could rattle off um, on on how I approached ketamine and, and all that jazz, um, but we'll save that for later, later podcast. Raj. Dave, what about yourself? Yeah, if I had to pick just a couple things to wrap up with. Number one is we we just scraped the surface of psychedelic safety today. And so maybe that could be an important topic that we come back to. Mm -hmm. We have for, especially for people who come to Peru with us, very extensive screening process because there's a lot of potential risks involved. Generally speaking, microdosing is a lot more safe, which is why I recommend most people start there. Um, the other thing Chad just touched on it, you know, we, we talk about preparation, the experience itself and integration afterwards. And I think so many people get hung up on the experience itself. But it's really like if you went to one jujitsu seminar and you don't do anything different in your game afterwards, you haven't improved. You just showed up to the seminar and had a cool time maybe. So if you just go and do mushrooms and hope for the best, like not much is really going to change. Same honestly would go for ayahuasca. If you just go to the jungle and come home and don't do anything different in your life, your life's going to be the same. Last time I was down there, one of our maestros, which is like the, the shamans, he was sort of lamenting that he thinks a lot of Westerners waste their time coming to the jungle to do ayahuasca because then they just go straight back into their old life. And that's really the role that I'm trying to fill is guiding people to make the most out of this experience and then guiding them to be a different person when they come home. So I'm uh, available to talk for anyone who wants to talk more about this stuff. I could go all day, man. Awesome. Rob, final thoughts? Yeah, I again, that seems to be uh, kind of a common thing. Like what David and, and Chad's won their experience and what they've said here way better than I can give any guidance to leave anybody off on. Uh, my final thoughts are just being thankful to actually participate in this discussion today, because like I said, like I'm, a, I'm an infant on this journey, right? Like I think I know a lot in the world, but I mean, at the same time, I, I know nothing, right? So like to be involved in panels like this is incredibly inspiring to me. I think they've hit 
all the the nails that I would ever try to hit or attempt to hit like right on the head. So just thanks, gents. You guys are awesome. Sean, final thoughts? Well, because we're going to have a part two, et cetera, I think I'm going to add any new information to this, but I would like to finalize with a little bit of a cautionary note. I, I David will be speaking about the safety aspects next time, but between now and the next time we all speak, please don't rush off to the internet and find the yellow pages of psychedelic gurus. Yeah. Please just be patient and take your time figuring out your path forward. This this might be a new path for you. Don't engage it like it's a super highway and you just climbed into a Ferrari. Uh, what you're literally doing is sticking your thumb out right now and trying to hitch a ride over to David's place where he's going to teach you how to drive the car. So, um, and finally, it's been touched on. But again, I need to reinforce it. Whatever experience you have in life and wherever you are at now, please don't think that it's always a forward trajectory. It Life is an ebb and flow. It has some peaks and valleys. And the moment that you go down to Peru and have a fantastic experience where your consciousness is expanded and you feel like you have an illuminated life, you might for a while. It might last forever. Who knows? But don't ever think for a moment that the work stops. You can't flick a switch and life becomes amazing forever. You're constantly flicking light switches every day to try and illuminate the path forward just a little bit more. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, again, don't have a whole lot to add on to this and the fact that it there's work to be done. Sounds like you, you need to go to Tulum, Mexico, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> there, it does sound like I need to go there. Um, the, the, the key thing that I, I really wanted to hit on, I think that we've, we've touched on it over and over again, is that same intentionality, right? This is the only thing that helped me get through my own going through therapies, doing equine stuff, working with my own therapist, talk therapy, EMDR, all these things at the very, very, very core of it, it came down to I wanted to change. I did not like who I was. And I needed to do that. So for anybody that really you want to know more about this stuff, absolutely go talk to Doc uh, Zed here. We will, I'm going to put your uh, website and stuff in the, the description bar that makes, make sure that anybody that does have questions can come to you because that's uh, it's truly important. But as a start, understand that you got to learn who you are in the now so that you can build upon that and grow into the person you're supposed to be. And you can do a little bit of that every day here with us on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.